0: Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Amen, amen. Once you do, if you would grab your copy of God's Word and turn a couple of places. If you'll go to Deuteronomy 126 and then also to Exodus 33. Deuteronomy 126 and then Exodus 33. And you can kind of put a bookmark in the Exodus scripture. And then flip back over to Deuteronomy as we continue to occupy. Amen. Let me read our theme scripture for this uh, series again, Deuteronomy one this amazing partnership between the Lord and between us. I don't know, I don't know, Church. I don't know why He chose you. I don't know why He chose me, but He did. It's a pretty cool. I t- I guess guess which of the two is getting the better end of the deal out of this? Um, it's us all day long, right? Deuteronomy one eight says, "Look, I'm giving you all this land. I'm giving all this land to you." And the understood subject, there is you. You go in and occupy it. For it is the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of their descendants. Remember that occupy is different than crossover. Crossover is when the Lord brings you to the land. Occupy is when the Lord blesses you in the land. So occupy, I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to the end of Deuteronomy. But here's a good uh, picture of what occupy is Deuteronomy 28, 11, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land. The Lord doesn't give you a blessing so that the blessing will overwhelm you. The Lord brings you into a blessing so you can overwhelm the blessing. He gives you that blessing so you can not be selfish, not so that you can sidestep it, but that you can truly step in and steward that blessing to other people. So now our text for the morning is this, Deuteronomy chapter 1. Verse 26, but you rebelled, but you rebelled against the command of the Lord your God and refused, refused to go in. So Moses, Moses is trying to set them up for occupy. And he's reminding them of what got them almost to occupy, but kept them out of occupy. And in verse 27, here's one of the keys. It says, but you complained, say complained. You complained in your tents. Every one of us in our lives lives predominantly out of one or two tents in our life. And, so, and, and most of us, we kind of vary back and forth. And I'm just, I'm trying to get you out of one tent. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to get you out of a tent and get you into another tent this tent this tent of complaining they they complained in their their tents can i can i just remind you that it doesn't matter how you spiritualize your complaint you can share your complaint in the form of a prayer request and it's still a complaint you can share your complaint in form of a deep concern, but it's still a complaint. We can spiritualize our complaint. It doesn't matter where you complain. That's, that's problem with the Israelites. Well, I'm not complaining in public. I'm not complaining from a microphone. I'm just complaining in my, in my tent. Oh, I'm not Pastor Doug. I'm not spreading it real big. I'm just, I'm just, it's, it's just in a little corner of the church lobby. It's just, it's just lobby complaining. It's just, it's just in my car. It's just, can I tell you that the words that you speak in your tent, affect every other area of your life too. They com- they complained in their tents what were they complaining to get about? Well, they were complaining about something that we all that we all carry around. So, this morning this represents problems and challenges and obstacles. And you say so So that's awesome, Pastor. You're going to preach a word to me this morning, how I can get rid of every problem and every challenge and every obstacle in my life. And I would just say to you that I I would be happy to preach that sermon to you at some point, but that's called your funeral. (laughs) And until that moment, guess what you get out of life sometimes? You get some problems and you get some challenges and you get some obstacles. Can I tell you that in every age, in every season, you're gonna be carrying around these have different, these have different dollar amounts on them, hello? So the problem that you faced when you were 12 years old seemed like an insurmountable problem at the time, but now you got problems with zeros on the end. <laughs> It, it, we, so and they have different dollar amounts. They have different faces. They have different seasons. But all all of us face challenges and obstacles and problems. And what happens is it depends on whi- it depends on which tent you bring these things is de- depending on what happens with your life. So the Bible says that the Israelites brought this to the wrong tent, the tent of the tent of complaining. The tent of complaining. Let me give you some things this morning about this first tent. This is what happens when we live out of the tent of complaining. Complaining begins with having the wrong focus. It begins with having the wrong focus. And so in verse 28, these are the Israelites talking. And it says, our brothers, trying to blame, our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller, more powerful than we are, and their towns are large, and the walls are rising into the sky, and we even saw giants there. Was that true? It was, right? Complaining is usually not lying. They they had their facts right. They just didn't have their faith right. Were there giants in the land? Yeah. Were the cities... Fortified? Absolutely. Did they have high walls? Certainly. And so the problem problem wasn't the facts. The problem was the focus. So so let me explain it this way. Again, in every season and in every situation in your life, there will be be three things wrapped up in everything. There will be a, a, a problem, there will be possibility, and there will be the power of God. So when you were five years old and you got into a fight with the neighborhood kid, there was a problem and there was a possibility and there was a power of God. And when you said, when you got to like 10 and you were like, man, my parents are being so restrictive on me, I can't wait because we know that the season of life where problems disappear is called, is called middle school and all, all the problems go away. I just can't wait to get into middle school. And guess what you found in middle school? problems and possibilities and the power of God. And you said, oh, my goodness, now I'm in the middle and I'm dealing with all of these changes and I'm, I'm walking through all of these difficult situations. When I'm in high school, when I get the keys to my car, but guess what was waiting for you with those keys? Problems and possibilities and the power of God. But then if I could, oh, once I graduate, I'll be on my own, I won't have to answer to anybody, I can stay out as late as I want, I don't have, and guess what was, you received that diploma, and guess what you also received? Problems and possibilities and the power of God and oh if I could just if I could just get married if I could just if I could just be retired if I could just if I could just take this vacation if I could just get a promotion in every season let me help you some of you are just begging for the next season guess what's waiting for you in the next season Problems, possibilities, and power of God, you say, well, well, that doesn't sound very empowering. You you do you are empowered. Because you don't you don't have control over this. This will be with you. Now, again, in different seasons, sometimes they'll be smaller. Sometimes they'll be larger. Sometimes you feel like you're carrying all of the QTs in Cabarrus County on your back. You know, it's just different. But this is, so you don't have, you usually don't have control over this. You just deal with them. It's called, it's called life. It's called being alive. But here's what you have absolutely, uh, uh, absolute control over. All of us, and it's built in. You can't lose this. It's not like your keys or your cell phone or your dog, or your child um, (laughs) that you left in Kids World last week. He's still over there. Don't worry. We we took care of him. We all have this magnifying glass that's built in, and we have the power to, to magnify our problems or our possibilities or the power of God and so we read a scripture like that and we're like man those Israelites how could they how could they have so little faith right they saw the walls of the Red Sea be like pillars on either side of them they saw the chariots of the Egyptians drown and 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 those Israelites why did they why did they complain why did they complain God I can't believe this government I can't believe these new tax laws I can't believe those Israelites they just were complaining they had this complaining spirit, my boss, God, have you seen my boss? He doesn't know what he's doing. If I was in charge and my teacher and my coach and while I'm at it, my family, God, but those Israelites, I don't understand why those Israelites couldn't step into their promised land. Has anybody ever magnified the problems in their life? This is what complaining does. Complaining takes our focus and it puts it on the giants. It puts it on the challenge. And when we magnify, when we magnify it, no wonder those giants, which were real. But guess what complaining does? It makes them seem even larger than they are. But you have power. You've got magnify in you. And so you have the choice to walk away. I'm not saying the problem that you're facing isn't real. It is real. It's just that that's not, it's a third of the truth. It's not the whole truth. The other thing we have a chance to magnify, it's called called waking up and saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, my soul will magnify the Lord. Come on, are there any magnifiers in the house this morning that would say even in the midst of challenges, I'm going to magnify. That's why your praise Matters. That's why your words matter. That's why your attitude matters because guess what? Did you notice that when the power of God magnifies, guess what else magnifies in your life? All of the possibilities and you'd say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize this door is opening up to me and here's a person that in the midst of my problem, I can minister to. In the midst of my financial situation, God is teaching me something. It's not that you don't have problems. It's not that Christians don't have problems. It's that we choose to magnify the power of God in our life. And when we magnify, you're not being real convincing this morning, Concord. Magnify, the power of magnifying. Let me read you some names. Shemua, Shaphat, Egal, Palti, Gadiel, Gadai, Amiel, Sathar, Nabi, and Guel. Heard of them? You don't remember, that wasn't like your first Sunday school lesson ever. That wasn't on your Bible bookmark that you got. That's, that wasn't on your, that's not your screensaver from Bible Gateway. You didn't snap those names. See, who are those names? They're the 10 spies who chose to live over here in negativity. If you want to, because if you want to be a hero, if you want to be a world changer, nobody ever remembers the names of the people that just point out the problems. You want to be forgotten in history? You want life to roll over you? You want to you want to exist but not make a difference on this planet? Just go ahead. Just go ahead and step in because it's real easy. Everybody everybody else is doing it. Let's see what Let's see what's in this uh, is in this I have a, yeah. That's what I was afraid of. I was afraid of that. What's in this What's in this tent here? What's in this tent is um. What's in the you no, know, I'm not just no, I've got all of them on here. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. They're they're all on here. All the Snapchat too is uh, and and here's what here's what happens. <laughs> this ends up, I'm not mad at this, it just needs to get out of this tent. Okay? So just a little side note, if we just take that out of the tent, you'll be amazed. Man, I feel better about life. I feel better about my situation. I feel better about my family. When I when you live, because when you live in this tent, it's a choice of where we take this thing. Sometimes it was 10 to 2, right? 10 to 2. The voices of complaining sometimes will always be louder than the voices of faith. So it's a choice. What we have to listen to. Number two, this is what complaining does. Complaining distorts our perspective. It distorts our perspective. Here's, then, then they go on to say things like this. Man, the Lord must hate us. That's why he brought us out here from Egypt. To hand us over to the Amorites and to be slaughtered. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> right? That like you, na- you nailed it. <laughs> It was a setup, this whole thing, the whole promise to Abraham thing, the whole Joseph in a pit and then get him into Egypt and make him second and ruler to Pharaoh, the whole multiply you under oppression, the whole Red Sea, the whole manna in the desert, the whole bring you up right up under the cusp of your promise. It was all a setup so God could destroy you. That's hilarious, isn't God God funny? And we're, but we say like, yeah, that's probably, but how many of us, how many of us forget what God has done for us in our past? How many of us get to a situation and we say, we say, oh, this must because God's mad at me. If God were mad, if God weren't mad at me, He'd take this. Away. Can I encourage you that the gas can of problems that you're carrying this morning, the gas can of problems like these newfangled? Can I complain just a little, just a little bit? Come <laughs> off the stage. What was what was wrong with the old gas can? What was wrong? Oh my goodness! If you could just in, just give me an old gas can without the click, 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 click. S- is spill, supposedly it's spill proof. No, it's pour proof. That's what it is. <laughs> I'm out of the tent. I'm out of the tent. I'm out of the tent. God's not, God's not mad at you. Sir, God's not mad at you. Ma'am, God's not mad at you. Teenager, God's not mad at you just because you've got some problems and challenges. We've all, we've all got them. God brought you out to bring you in. He hasn't brought you this far in your life to fail you now. It's not a setup for failure. It's a setup to expose the enemy and to, to show the world the power of God in and through you. That's what God that's what God wants to do. So complaining distorts our persp- perception and then complaining complaining fuels it fuels our fears. Verse 28, the people of the land are large, taller, more powerful. Their towns are large, their walls rising high into the sky. We even saw the giants there and then this fuel. Do you see this progression here? So all of this is a progression. The complaining fuels our fears, which in turn, then number four, it demoralizes our soul. So the Bible says that our brothers have demoralized us with their report. demoralize that Hebrew word there is masas, which means to dissolve to melt, to lose heart, which in turn leads to five. Complaining then keeps us from our destiny. The Bible says in verse 34 and 35, when the Lord heard your complaining, when the Lord heard your complaining, the Lord wasn't angry before, and then we took this thing to the wrong tent, and when we began to focus on all the challenges and we began to give, we, when we began to worship negativity, hello, when we begin to bow down at the altar of complaining, that's when God says, I'm not too happy with that. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give your ancestors. So here's what happens. Complaining is pouring gasoline on a flame that fuels your fears Demoralizes your soul, melts away your courage, and keeps you from your promise. Because here's what we don't understand. When we take this into this tent, what we didn't realize, guess what's in this tent? You know what's in this tent? There's a, there's a, It's ready. It's ready for it. It's ready for, and you begin to fuel the wrong thing in your life. You fuel your fears, which demoralizes your soul. It melts away your courage, and it keeps you from your promise. You, the only thing that you're setting fire to, it's like building an open fire in your living room. You're actually burning down your own house. And then we say things like, and do you know what we burn down? We burn down the very thing that we complain about. We complain about our marriage, and we start to burn down the the formation and the fabric of our marriage. We complain about our children, and we begin, they overhear that, and we begin to burn away the foundation of their self-confidence, and we we complain about our situation and, and, and our job and all of those things, and we begin to burn away the very foundation of the providence and the power of God that wants to provide for us, and step into your situation. We're just burning down. We're burning down our own house. But the good news is there's another tent. Tell your neighbor there's another tent. There's another tent. I knew that. I knew that green tent was over there for a reason. There's another tent, y'all. There's another tent. Here's the other tent. This is called the tent of prayer. The tent of prayer. And so the Bible says, the Bible says that, by the way, this would be good to put in here, huh? Just a thought. Put that box in there. The Bible says in Exodus 33 verse 7 that it was Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting was so the tent of prayer, tent of meeting, and set it up some distance from the camp. And so here's the deal. You still got, you still got problems. You've still got challenges. You've still got obstacles, but you say, I'm going to park this thing in a different tent. Here's what happens in your life when you begin to live out of this tent. Number one, it inspires others and creates a culture of prayer. Verse eight, whenever Moses went out to the tent of the meeting, All the people would get up and stand at the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until he disappeared inside. And when the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Sometimes, and we need to do both. Sometimes you need to preach to people. Sometimes you just need to pray for people. Because Moses wasn't preaching against complaining. He was just praying the power of God. Guess what happens when you pray other people take notice and it inspires them when you worship, it inspires others to worship. When you pray and you don't feel like it, other people take notice of that. That's what, that's what it does. Number two, it cultivates friendship with God. Verse 11, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. You say, Pastor Doug, I don't, I've been saved all my life, but I don't really know how to pray. Pastor Doug, I just got like, I got saved about uh, what time is it now? I got saved 21 minutes ago. So this whole prayer thing, a little bit unfamiliar, a little bit intimidating. Don't they, like aren't you the pastor? Don't they pay you to pray? Don't we have Pastor Marvel? We have a prayer pa- We got a prayer pastor on staff, y'all, so uh, I don't need to do it. Thanks, Marvel. Here's your tent. You can take this home. You can pray out of this all day. No, the Bible, the Bible says like this crazy thing that God wants a relationship with all of us. He wants friendship with all of us. God, this is a tent, not a woodshed. God's not trying to take you to the woodshed during your time of prayer. He's trying to just take you to a place away from the camp Away from all the, the negativity, away from just the stuff, away from the busyness and the distractions. Here's what it says about Moses' tent. It says it was regular and away from the camp. And I think that's a great picture for your morning devotions. I think that's a great picture for how you choose to live your life. You wake up, I'm going to get away, away from the, the just distractions, and it's going to be regular in my life. And then here's what you do. Here's what prayer is. You just begin to talk to God like a friend face-to-face Somebody, several people uh, have taught this acronym. I think it's helpful. It follows the Lord's Prayer, the template. The disciples ask Jesus, teach us to pray. And so Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer. Um, it is the Lord's Prayer because the Lord prayed it, but it's really like our prayer, the disciples' prayer, because he was teaching us to pray. And it just follows this little, this little formula, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and prayer or supplication, excuse me, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And so we, we adore God. We begin by praising him, and then we say, God, look in my heart. Are there any Canaanites in the land that would keep me from my promise? God, thank you. Thank you so much for all of the provision that you have done uh, for me and prop for me throughout my life. And then, hey, God, I got some of these help me with this, help me with this challenge I'm facing at work. And then the next thing that living out of this does is that it inspires and trains the next generation to occupy their territory. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.